Yes, people, what's happening? And welcome to the Frankie Allen podcast. You are here with your host, Will Cranny, alongside the UK's most feared comedian, Frankie Allen. Sitting next to me, how are you today, Frank? Doing great today. Just uh, obviously trying to get as many of these podcasts in and things and lives and, uh, you know, trying to make the uh, lockdown entertaining for everybody, for us and for everybody out there as well. Yeah, so we mentioned last time around that this was going to be our last podcast that we'd done at our home studio. We went and recorded in a podcast studio on Monday with a special guest, but that'll be getting released next Sunday. So um, keep your eyes peeled for that. We did disclose who the guest was last week, Phil Steele. Without giving too much away, Frank, how did you feel the podcast went with... I thought it did very well, and uh, Phil Steele was on form. Very interesting character, Phil. He was a comedy hypnotist when I first met him, um, and he was brilliant at what he did, getting people out of the crowd, hypnotising them. Anyone who's seen comedy hypnotism, you know how it works. We'll give someone an apple, and he'll say, eat this apple, and all of a sudden, the apple's made out of wax, and he spit it out. Then they'll say, you're lying on a beach, take all your clothes off. Lie on the floor, you're sunbathing. Has anyone ever hypnotised you like that? No, not really. People do it, and it makes it very funny, it's very entertaining. But also, I didn't know at the same time, he was a serious hypnotist. He had his offices in Liverpool doing hypnotherapy, um, curing people through hypnotism of uh, fears and phobias. And I went to see him over flying, my fear of flying, and he, he cured me. So he was great and very, very interesting character, a great guy. Brilliant. So, yeah, we went into the studio on Monday, recorded with him. That'll be going out on Sunday. We've got another special guest that we're recording with tomorrow. Um, that'll be out to follow on Sunday. So, as we said, we're going to try and get as much content out for you as possible. On that note, the last video that the YouTube uh, people have seen, the people who watch on YouTube, big thanks to all you guys, was the reacting to your viral video, Frank. How do you think that video came across and do you think it was a good idea to watch it? How do you feel about it in general? I think it was a good idea for me to watch it again because I've never really understood um, what the fascination was with it. I can see it now once we went through it and dissected it piece by piece. Why are people laughing at that? Why are people laughing at this section of the video? It kind of all gelled, all came together and, and, and led me to believe Something that I've always kind of had on my mind, you know, people like um, watching things where they think that you're on the edge of trouble, not actually violence, but the threat of violence or the threat that something could go on, which is um, dramatic. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was great and I really thoroughly enjoyed watching it and uh, dissecting it and kind of um, digesting in my own mind on the way home. I was thinking, you know, Bloody hell, I don't really... Why did that go down so well? Trying to work out in my mind why... And I've always thought this, why, when I insult people, why did it come across as being so funny? It's very strange, but everything seemed to come together that day and it became very popular, as we all know. And uh, I thought it was a great idea to analyse it. Brilliant. So I was doing really well views-wise. Uh, I actually looked like I was fuming on the video People were saying, <laughs> which I was laughing back about. The only reason that I looked like I was in a mood for anyone who's watched it is because of the fact that the video goes out on a Tuesday evening at seven o'clock. It's a nightmare usually to edit these videos. So I like to try and do them in advance. Um, and basically we hadn't recorded a video. We didn't even have an idea until about midday that day. 
So I was like scurrying around, like my head was burst trying to get it done, but got it done. And uh, yeah, so today on Frank's request, it's probably looking a little bit better. We've got a big fucking light in front of us and uh, a camera to Frankie's right, which if you give it a little smile into that camera there, <laughs> then uh, hopefully we're trying to up this production quality a little bit. Frankie, you feeling better with the light on? And please tell everyone why you insisted on us bringing a light into, into well, this Well, I didn't podcast. really insist on bringing the light in. I suggested it because the shows that we've done, podcasts we've done with the the, 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 uh, the lighting gear up, it does look it make it look a little more professional and more kind of, um, what's the word, kind of TV style, cinema, as though it's really kind I think when it's too pale, when there's no artificial light when you're using the outside light coming through the window just normal daylight you tend to look a little bit kind of too pale too kind of pasty and it looks a little bit uh, amateurish really well, basically we did a video uh, you will have seen it people on YouTube it's called my uh, worst gigs my, my horror gigs or whatever and in your own words you said you looked carried on it I did like the way I looked <laughs> Well, we were filming it by the window. Just tell, fucking awful. tell me what carried means. Well, carried is a Liverpool word used in a lot of districts in Liverpool. And it just means carried. You know, you could say carried. It's very difficult to explain, really. But it, in that particular context, when I said I look carried, you just looked kind of like uh, not yourself. You looked like um, not ugly, but I thought I looked tired on it and worn out and uh, older than what I am. It just, I didn't like it at all. So I was carried on it, yeah, it was fucked up. It was, <laughs> looked, I looked fucked up because there was no studio lights. It was just, yeah. you know, we may as well, it was all the light coming from the backyard, may as well just filmed it in the backyard. And that's why we ended up just looking like bin men because we just like a couple of bin men in the backyard. <laughs> nice one. So, uh, yeah, but to be fair, people are probably looking a little bit carried during this lockdown period because they haven't managed to get haircuts and beard trims. But there's nothing you can do, is there, at the moment? You can't get, you know, you can't uh, go on a sunbed in a tanning booth. You can't get yourself a tan. You can't even get a fucking haircut. You can't go to a dentist. There's a lot of things that you can't do. So, I mean, I've noticed myself, I don't know whether you've noticed, but a lot of people are walking around now and uh, they've lost a lot of pride in themselves. A lot of people are quite scruffy now, I think. Really, yeah? Yeah. Like, what's your theory on that? Just because... Well, the theory is obviously people can't buy clothes even if they've got the money. They've got no money because nobody's earning any money. So they've got no disposable income. They can't go around buying clothes. But even if they could, even if they had the money, there's no shops open, retail shops. I know you can buy online, but most people still like to shop in a shop, the shopping experience, walking around, picking something out and signing it on and buying it. So people have just kind of made do what they've had like since last year. And obviously last year's fashions, people are wearing stuff from 18 months ago, two years ago, and it's all very threadbare now. People start looking, you know, they're looking like refugees. Fuck off. I'm wearing stuff from 18 months ago. I look sound. Well, I have noticed, and a lot of people agree with me, a lot of people are walking around like fucking tramps. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, let, let us know in the comments. I think a lot of you people walking around of, like yeah. a tramp. I think another thing, people have give up the ghost. You know, you see a lot of people, as I say, when I go out, I went out to the shops this morning um, where I live in Norris Green Broadway, went up to uh, the Iceland. A lot of people walking around because of what's happened. You know, a lot of people are really down in the mouth, they're kind of sulking, 
and they're walking around, they've got like scruffy clothes on, and it really does look like, I felt like uh, Will Smith in the movie, I Am Legend, it really is like that, you know, you never see anyone in the daytime, people only come out at night just for a few minutes. Okay, in other news, Liverpool versus Everton today, Derby Day, big day in Liverpool, obviously it's at Anfield, but yeah. there's no supporters in the building, how are you feeling about it, are you arsed one way or another? I don't think Liverpool can win the Premiership now really, I think they've had it, you know, made too many mistakes, lost too many matches, and I don't think Everton can win it, they possibly could do, but they're going to go on a good run. Um, obviously, local. What, you think Everton might win the league? Local, no, I didn't say that. I said, you know, they could possibly, if they went on a good run, the same as Liverpool could, mathematically, if the other teams lose. But really, realistically, it's just a game for local pride, really, today, isn't it? You know, that's all it is. What about top four? Well, the top four. I mean, to be honest with you, you're asking me all these questions, Liverpool and Everton. I really couldn't give a fuck about Liverpool or Everton or Man United or whatever. I'm not really a soccer fan. Well, that's what I was asking you. I said, are you asked one way well, or No, you were asking me as though I was like um, Gary Lineker in the studio as though I'm going like, to tell you who's going to win. And I've literally just said form and that. Liverpool are playing Everton today. Yeah, well, I said, who do you think is going to win or I'm, are you asked one way really or the other? I'm asked whoever made the best man win. If if Liverpool got beat 25-0 today, that wouldn't kind of like get me back in work this week, you know, or vice versa. It's, Immaterial to me. Cool. So tell us about what's happening in your life at the moment. How are you feeling in general? Feeling a bit down, a bit fed up. Obviously, we're doing the podcasts and things, and that's keeping, you know, a lot of incest going and keep my head above water, kind of mentally. But you're still, you know, we're still getting fed up. We're just waiting for this announcement, which I think it's on Monday, to say when the process is going to be about getting back to work. I think, I'm not sure, but I think maybe we might be doing shows in May maybe May or June, still a long way off, but we've come this far, we've really got to kind of uh, discipline ourselves and say we're nearly there, we've nearly reached the shore, the figures are coming down, the vaccine, I think it's 18 million people now have been vaccinated, which is fantastic. People are being allowed into care homes to visit their relatives now, that was on the news this morning, so I think there's going to be a gradual relaxation and uh, within a few months back to normal, but it's very difficult for everybody, you know, emotionally, even people who um, have got finance and they've got money and they can, you know, there's nowhere, you can't go out, there's no pubs open, no restaurants, no retail shops, so it's very difficult for everybody. What would be your ideal scenario if Boris comes on Monday? And look, by the way, anyone who's going to moan at me in the comments saying, oh, you guys, you need to fuck off talking about coronavirus. Look, it's very topical. I understand that it's just all you get handed with on the news. And basically, I'm one, I just want to know how Frank's feeling about it right now. So anyone who wants to come at me for that, fuck off. <laughs> okay. Frank, tell Look, us on Monday, you know, right? If, if, if Boris came, Johnson came yeah. out, ideal scenario, what would make you like feel like you're that next tablet? What would what would be, make you be buzzing? Well, I wouldn't say you can ecstasy tablet. No, what would make you feel like you'd had an ecstasy tablet like you were on, well, I don't like you were on cloud nine? I don't nine. know why it would... Don't know what the feeling is of taking an E. That's how. Well, hold on a minute. You always say to me, "Oh yeah, I felt like I was on a heroin." Not that you've ever taken heroin. Yeah, I know That's what just, you mean. It's just a euphemism. Look, first of all, people are going to have a go with us for having, a, you know, talking about the coronavirus. Everything is kind of like everything that we do this year. Everything anybody's going to do, families and work and social life, all depends on when this uh, coronavirus disappears and the restrictions are lifted. So it is. 
important to speak about it. And there's no one more kind of fed up with listening to it on the TV than me. But my ideal scenario would be, like some people are kind of, uh, you know, some of the Tory backbenchers um, are actually what their um, shout is, what they're saying now is, look, you've got the vaccine, the cavalry's arrived, everybody's going to get vaccinated within a few weeks. So on paper anyway, that's the end of it. Let's get back to normal. Johnson wants to do it very gradually. Um, you think he's love, just co- is he just covering his ass? Yeah, of course he is. I'd love to be working this weekend, obviously tonight. If somebody, if you came on, he said, look, Frankie, we can work tonight in Northern Scotland. Um, you know, the Scottish First Minister's come on. It's a little bit different up there. And she said, I'm going to start shows as from today. And we had a chance to do this show in fucking Orkney Islands or something. I'd go there right now. I really want to work like a lot of people. It starts to wear you down. You get not fed up. That You get depressed with it. And I love working. That's my, been my whole life. I love being on a stage. Love telling jokes. Love taking the piss out of people. So the ideal scenario for me would be to start right now. Fair play. So, uh, you know, as as we said on Monday, it's predicted that uh, Boris Johnson is going to say that we will, non-essential the shops open end of April, early May, and then late May is going to be a position where hospitality is able to open with, I think, just one household mixing or two households mixing, which is kind of what tier three was. So we were able to work in that, so. Well, that's good. But the thing is, I, I, I think... You know, obviously, I'm fed up. You're fed up. Everybody's fed up, and and I'm Johnson not, I'm is not very fed up. Me. Well, if you're, if you're different, no. then Johnson is very cautious. But I think if the figures continue to go down the way they're going down, there's nothing to stop the government coming back on a TV and saying, "Look, we've decided to bring things forward." They can't do that, you know. I think uh, everybody's kind of playing it by ear. They're just listening and waiting and watching to see how things um, develop, and if things. You know, if people stop being hospitalised, if people stop being ill and uh, things are on the up and up, I'm sure Johnson will be the first one to say, OK, let's just call it a day and get back to normal. Brilliant. When it starts getting back to normal, what are you really looking forward to? What you're Just looking forward to going to a show. I mean, I'd work now, I'd work for, for, for nothing. You know, it's not the money side of it, even though the money's important. Um, just being my own life and like everybody else that's involved in show business in clubland and theatres singers, comedians, hypnotists people in groups people playing pubs and clubs and theatres all over the UK, all over the British Isles it's a way of life with us and, 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 and it's not just being on the stage for the hour that you're on the stage or the two hours it's the whole week where you're preparing getting your suit dry, clean, you're speaking to people, you know, you're speaking, not me anyway, I'm speaking to you, yeah. but you're, you know, managing management, so you're speaking to people at the venues, you get, you're getting the security ready, you're visiting the venue, making sure that everything's okay, setting up a PA system, um, as of now, and as I think we did on the last one, you know, sanitizer, uh, face masks, track and trace, all these different things. It's very complicated and an awful lot of stuff that uh, has to be done now before a show can go on. And uh, and then it's just the social aspect of it. You know, James Kilbington, our um, 
sport comedian when we work with him. And he's become a very good friend of ours. So it's been, to me, it's like a night out with, I've got my own son with me. So it's like a night out with your mates as well, being on the stage, social life. Although we're in the dressing room most of the time, you know, later on you can go out and you do the photographs, photo opportunity, mix with people and you get a buzz off it. You don't get any buzz when you're just kind of like relaxing at home. I mean, there's a time and a place to relax, isn't there? But, you know, I, I had a great life before this lockdown. I was kind of like doing virtually nothing all week, just chilling, get myself together, a little bit of reading, a little bit of watching a TV, and then you'd be getting ready for the uh, for the big weekend, which is fantastic. So that's what I miss, and that's what I want back. You asked about restaurants in there? Well, I'm not really a restaurant goer. I've never really been... I mean, I feel very sorry, and I do my heart goes out to the people who run, the, run these restaurants, and especially for anybody... You know, kind of like on Valentine's night, this Valentine's year, nobody, this, what it was a couple of weeks ago, Valentine's night, nobody could go out with the partners to restaurants. This is another thing. There's no nightclubs open. So even the young people, you know, teenagers, they can't go out to a club and meet a partner and get a girlfriend or a boyfriend. So it's affected everybody, every age, every walk of life, every aspect of uh, British way of life. It's affected. It's been, uh, been horrendous. But I think... Uh, I think we're getting through it now. Cool. So what have, what have your weeks been looking like uh, in comparison to, you know, I know you've just said usually you just yeah. chill um, and then on the weekend you'll work. Do okay. you have a different way of life now? Is it kind of quite similar? I've, I've got a different way of life with regards. We're doing these podcasts, which, you know, take up a little bit of time. Something to look forward to. We're doing some live broadcasts. Also, um, just making sure that my house is cleaned up. We're doing little, you know, we've done the house tour of my house, which proved to be very popular, really. Um, you know, you came around and filmed me in my house on a tour of the house. This is where I live. And as well as being something for me to do, keeping myself occupied, keep myself busy and happy, it's something that's entertaining to people out there as well that they can watch and go, look, especially if they're a Frankie Allen fan. Oh, yeah, look, here's where Frankie lives. This is quite funny. Didn't know this about him. Didn't know that about him. And they can watch it as many times as they want. And it's quite interesting. But from a day-to-day basis, I mean, you can't go into a cafe. So I've been ordering takeout food, takeaway, picking stuff up, eating at home, um, cleaning the place up, washing some fucking clothes and things and then a friend of mine Jack Ryan who's done a lot of work for us as a support comedian who's a good comedian in his own right he's working um, he often comes down and we go and wash the cars vacuum each other's cars help each other out and uh, just basically looking for something to do to keep yourself I'm not one of these guys and a lot of people go for walks now I'm not really a big walker so I'll drive you know if I get fed up I'll drive around um just for an hour or so, just what, listening to, to tunes or something. Get a bit of fresh air. Yeah, I've got all my music in the car, and then you do get fed up watching the telly. So if I'm not watching the TV, I study languages. I'll try, which I've been doing this week actually, and last week studying. I've got some deep. I've got a CD um, in my car, you know, Italian, and I'm driving around listening, learning Italian, trying to keep me brain busy. That's what you've got to do. Keep yourself occupied. Keep yourself. Stop yourself getting fed up. Yeah. To be fair, like, I'm I'm, I'm feel, quite feeling how things are at the moment because yeah. travelling the country is hard graft. Yeah. That's what I've realised. And I 
won't go back into how I was working as hard as I was. And, and I was speaking to some people about this yesterday, or just on the phone, and talking about how it's been a very reflective time for people. And during this time, people have been able to go, okay, well, ha- when life does resume, because, I mean, a lot of people feel like their life is on pause. I have not operated in that way, but I've, yeah. I have felt like that to some extent. Once you go back into things, what will you do differently? And I've been thinking, there's no way I'm going to work as hard because it was just nonsensical and it was just burning the candle at both ends. And I feel like the travelling was so much hard graft, don't you think? Well, I don't know how I can say that because I used to drive the car to No, you didn't. Who did? You used to drive the car as much as I did. It was it was a joint effort. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember driving to Wales and you and Jimmy said you share the driving and I drove to Cardiff. And you just got you go, I love it, I love it. But still, even if I'm in the car. Yeah. I know it, I know you're not a big, you know, good traveller really. A lot of people aren't, but I just love Traveling, I drive anywhere, you know, just to get on the stage, and I'm very different than you. No, but what I'm saying is, obviously, as you were saying earlier, though, as well, yeah. the the fact that you chilled all week and then just was able to do that yeah. meant that, as you say, you you might be like tired on a Monday or Tuesday and chill out. Whereas, obviously, I was working. Well, you were worn out. You were working every yeah. day anyway. Where I wasn't, so I could kind of conserve my energy. So it didn't really bother me to drive up to the northeast and back and South Wales and whatever. But I think, you know, especially for me, when you work in the clubs, anybody will tell you, any comedian out there or anyone in a band, you're actually working on adrenaline, really, from by the time you get in your car to you get to the venue, you do the show, and until you're on the way home, and really the next day you feel it, you know, you feel tired, done in and it takes you two or three days to recover but I've done it all my life so I'm used to it and I love it yeah yeah so is it more like you feel like a little bit lost because your your routine's totally being well you know I mean last night I only slept a couple of hours I couldn't sleep Carl seems to get into a routine you know when I used to come in the good old days so to speak 10 years ago when I was working four nights a week Fucking hell, you, you know, you'd, you'd be glad to get home, come home and have something to eat and you'd feel great and then go to bed, you just nod off. But if you're doing nothing at all, mentally or physically all day, it's hard to feel tired at night. Yeah. So, you know, I'm up till two or three in the morning watching the telly, but even watching the TV, you get fed up with it in the end. And uh, it's hard for me to get asleep now. I'm curious as to what people's general structures are like, because obviously... I mean, you've handled the situation in, in much different ways. I've been doing uh, long walks, as you were saying, jogs. So at the end of the day, I'm, I'm like, quite actually quite like ready to go to bed at like 10 o'clock. But I suppose, you know, as you said, sometimes people aren't into that. And, um, you know, it'll mean that they're a little bit like, oh, what I'm, I'm lost, I need something to do, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone's different. Everyone's got a different take on what's happened to them. Everyone reacts differently to it. I suppose some people, um, at one extreme, it doesn't bother them at all. So, you know, maybe people over on a pension or they've got some money coming in, they're really not asked and they're not bothered by the fact that there's nothing to do. Some people who didn't really go out, you know, maybe they didn't really do any shopping or they didn't go to nightclubs or pubs or whatever. So, so there's a you know proportion of the population who aren't bothered at all. Other people who are kind of like night people who like going out 
And don't forget all the people who worked. If you've got a club somewhere, say you've got a nightclub, when it closes, it's not just the punters, the girls and the fellas that go into the club at night. It's the bouncers, the door staff, it's the management, it's the people behind the bar, it's the hat check girl, you know, the cloakroom girl. It's just everybody has got nothing to do. So it's a, it's a kind of... Um, you know, it's like a domino effect for right. everybody. Any Every facet of life in the UK affects as a knock-on effect. And uh, in the end, I think that, um, you know, really the sooner it's over, the better. So you just mentioned about night people, right? Yeah. Now, maybe this is something that I'm missing. Um, when I'm talking about going on the road and the travels are graft and all the rest of it, and you're saying you get a buzz out of the events, obviously, uh, you know, I, I feel passionate about the fact that we are putting smiles on people's faces and we're heading around the country and it's it's a great achievement as to okay. what we've done so far and so you be able to give people so much relief and create this community aspect. I love that aspect of it. But for me, it's a re, it's like, it's so much hard work that I feel like it's a, it's a, like a proper job, you get me? Yeah. But when I'm at an event, it's like... <laughs> How can I describe it? I'm because I haven't got a minute to myself. It's I'm not. I don't enjoy the social aspect of it at all. Do you think there's a certain set of people? And I know you speak to yeah. some like venue owners and stuff like that that thrive off that environment. Well, yeah. I mean, I enjoy working a crowd more than anything else in my life. You know, my buzz off it. You know, what gives me a high is. Uh, the laughter and the applause, meeting the people later when we do the photo op, you know, just kind of, I love people and I love hearing, and I, I love the fact that something that I've done all my life and something that I've always believed in, my style of comedy, is finally coming good and people are appreciating it. So the bigger the laugh I get, the more people clap, the more the people, you know, to piss themselves at certain gags that have taken me a long time to work into the act when people are laughing at routines that I've kind of made up and uh, tried out over the years it makes me feel good it makes me feel kind of vindicated I know what you're saying you're kind of like it's your show basically you're putting the thing on selling the tickets the venue you've got so much going on so much responsibility I think the fun aspect of it is taken escapes away. you yeah. whereas all I have to do Basically, it's just be there, get on the stage, pick the mic up. I don't have to find out where the venue is, pick a venue, sell the tickets, get the PA system, arrange security, arrange insurance, arrange face masks, arrange hand <laughs> sanitizer. I, I mean, I'm looking speak at Speak to the bar staff, do a deal with it, whatever it's the, the, the deal is with the club about the taking percentages and whatever um, you know if somebody's let you down one of the bouncers can't turn up get somebody else at the last minute there's an awful lot that goes on very complicated and I admit it's very hard work for you and I think that's the avalanche of what goes on uh, behind the scenes for me anyway I don't see all I have to do is stand on stage and do what I've done all my life which comes very easy to me and that makes it Enjoyable, I suppose. Enjoyable, I suppose. Me. Part of the 
the show. And I mean, we did a show in Runcorn on September the 18th at the comedy office and it wasn't promoted by me. And, and, you know, as I said to the guy who was promoting it, who was a good friend of ours, Tony Morell, shout out to Tony, if you're watching it. So, um, I said, you know, I would never really trust any other promoters to do uh, as decent a job as I do, but I trust Tony. So on that particular night, uh, I was just the host and MC basically. And I had a laugh. I did enjoy it. So I suppose what you're saying is because you're just allowed to, uh, you know, as you should be, just go out and be creative and that is it, then that means that it's just fun. Does well, it not well, feel like yeah, a job at all? It doesn't feel like a job at all. When you've done the wrong corn job, because basically you hadn't organised things and it wasn't your responsibility, the, the heat was off you, so to speak. There was no... You weren't carrying the whole show around on your shoulders. So, as you say, you felt better. You felt as though you are enjoying it. You know, you are in the groove. You were sitting back laughing behind the scenes, having a bit of fun. We'd done... Um, the vlog in in the dressing room. That's my. That's fun. one of my favourite vlogs. That one. Well, it is because you were so relaxed. But normally we're doing the vlog, and you've got like three or four other things to try and organise that night. People trying to get in without tickets. You know, you're manning the door, letting people in. Mm. You're trying to manage the stage. You're trying to keep me inside because I've got a tendency to wander outside the dressing room. <laughs> um, you've got to, you're trying to keep on the phone to James Kilvington if he's late. Where the fuck are you? He's never late, to... though, to be fair. No, he's never late. I think yeah. Jack Ryan used to be a bit late. You know, Jack Ryan or... <laughs> he's going to phone you on Monday and go, yeah. why didn't you cut that out? I'm fucking furious well, with them no. saying I'm late. He's a good lad and everything. But he, he, he used to be a little bit... Uh, you know, he was like a bit of a... He loved cooking and sometimes we'd phone him up <laughs> and he, he'd be making a stew... And really, you should have been getting ready to get on stage. So, <laughs> you know, you've got all that. You've got the whole the gamut, all responsibility on your head. And, and and all I have to do, turn up, sit in the dressing room, send out for a cup of tea, get changed, get on the stage, get back in the dressing room. So I do appreciate uh, the stress you're under and strain. Well, I, th- I appreciate that. But what, what I was saying was, when I'm saying I won't work as hard when I come out the back of this, I'm not talking about I won't work as hard with regards to I won't put as much energy into it. Yeah. I won't put as, as much wasted energy into it. So let's say, for example, we're going to Sunderland, yeah, yeah. next week. Mm. And it's a case of I've got to do X, 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 and X. Next time I'm going to go, well, fuck this. I'm, I'm not going to go down there and man the door. I'm going to pay someone to man the door. Because I can't man the door and host a show. Well, look, and, I mean, <laughs> so even, I'm going, yeah, even but, me yeah. now at this stage, working the clubs for 40 years, every gig that you do teaches you something. Yeah. Now, obviously, you've done a fantastic job the last three or four years. But now, you know, you say, oh, well, I should have done this on that gig. Maybe you're thinking now, put, we can afford it. Put somebody else on the door. Yeah. And that frees you up to do... Something else which is probably not, not as important maybe, but relaxes you a little bit more, your MC and as well. So you're on the door, you're on the fucking, you're filming the vlog <laughs> behind the scenes. Yeah. You're MCing on stage, you know, you're in, in control of the security. So you're kind of like doing 
four or five things at once. That's why I'm saying it was just losing the fun aspect. And that's why I realized when I go back into live events, which I, I do love, obviously I've been doing live events since I was 15 for anyone who doesn't know that. Um, so what's that fucking 17 15 years? 15 years, 16 years. Yeah. I so, mean, I remember when you were a DJ, you were a good DJ and you started putting your own events on, which is fantastic. Live events. So uh, you've had a lot of experience. It's not as though you've been doing it for a couple of years. Mm. You've been involved 15, 16 years in entertainment. I think it takes a certain type of person to be able to work in a club environment. That's what, sorry, it's that's what I was everyone. getting at before when you talk about night people. Okay. Yeah. Do you class, obviously you class yourself as a night person. Yeah. Would you class me as one? Oh yeah, very much so. Although there is another side to you, which is a quieter side and you're very kind of, what's the word? You're very, um, I don't know, really know how to say it really without being insulting. You're kind of introverted. Private. Yeah. You can be a very private person, but I'm not private at all. Like, um, I, I love, like, last night, yeah. I'd, done a, I'd done a three kilometer run. Okay. I trained, yeah. like, calisthenics, 45 minutes. Then I came in and just had the Marks and Spencer scrant and okay. chilled. And I love that. That's, nice. the, that's like to me. That's it. That's that is a boss night out. That's better. I would rather do that yeah. than go to like an like an unbelievable like night out. Well, I mean, I used to go to nightclubs and things and pubs and clubs. It's all been part of my life, and I've worked in clubs, pubs, and uh, worked in nightclubs, all kinds of different venues. So I love the music. I love the atmosphere. I love the uh, just being out, really, rather than being at home. So some people are kind of homeboy, you know, they like domestication, they like being in the house. A lot of people, as I say, probably there's few people who aren't bothered about being quarantined. They never used to go out anyway. But I think a lot of young people, say 90% of young people, they want to go out, they want to go to pubs, they want to go to clubs. Oh, yeah, especially, they if, especially if they're like, like 25. So, I mean, this yeah. has got to be devastating for them. It's all being taken away. But even people, when you get older, you know... To be out is great. It's not just the fact that you're out, you're listening to music. What I always say to everybody, and I say it when we do the lives and when we do the podcast, the key to mental health, to feeling good about yourself, is interaction with other people, conversationally speaking to people. You know, it's amazing the people that you meet when you are out in pubs and clubs and places, people that will give you advice, People contact, you know, you could be talking to a fellow, oh, yeah, you know, I've got a problem with, uh, I'm up the wall, I had to get a taxi here tonight. Uh, the fucking car, there was steam coming out of the exhaust and water coming out of the engine. And, you know, I've had it and fellas have said, fucking hell, yeah. Well, look, I'm a mechanic. That sounds like as though it's a crack in your head gasket. Come round to my garage on Monday morning, I'll fix it for you. Because I know you'll only charge you like 100 quid or whatever. So being, you know, people help each other. It's reciprocal. You can help people out. They can help you. People give advice. Oh, it's not always good. You don't have to take every advice, that, bit of advice that's given to you. But um, it's great if people interact, mingle, mix with other people. And uh, even, you know, fellas mixing with girls. It doesn't have to be like a romantic thing Romeo and Juliet I think it's great if people just speak to each other and uh, that way help each other out so to speak and, and it's a natural it's a totally natural um, 
part of being a human being to want to conversate, to speak to other people and to um, not to be isolated and to be lonely and to be depressed and fed up is what you get when you are in a very kind of like um, isolated environment, like during this lockdown. It's natural, it's the most natural thing in the world to want to be able to speak to other people and to interact with other people. So I think once this quarantine's lifted, that is going to be more than people earning money, more than people um, That's gonna buying be a, a new car or being able to buy a new fucking house, material things. What's coming out of this, I think, was going to be the, the big plus is... Um, People will realise now that interacting with other people is, is is a fantastic thing. Cool, totally agree with that. To be honest with you, um, you know, I'm just hoping on Monday that these uh, restrictions lift a little bit and um, we're able to do so. More so, so I can get back in the gym and get on the sunbed. That's that's my they're, they're my keys to life at the moment. What about yourself? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not a gym rat. I've never bothered with the gym. And I have problems now with sciatica, my back. So even a couple of times I've tried to do a little bit, kind of even isometrics, just pulling this fucking wire thing and not even lifting weights. My back will go on me. Now, I put my back problem, the sciatica, probably to driving, you know, for 40 years on the club, sitting down in, you know, a kind of slouch position in the car and maybe the vibration from the engine or whatever. But I've got a bad back now. So, uh, no, I'm not like a gym. I'm not, I'm hoping, I like going around the shops, you know, sports shops and uh, clothing shops and just looking around. Cafes, I love cafes. Now, if the shop's open, retail shops, like sports shops, and if the cafe's open, I'll be kind of halfway to recovery. Then I'll be in my element because what I used to love to do is go into town, into the city centre of Liverpool, walking around the shops, and even if you don't buy anything, you know, just kind of window shopping, trying something on, then going for a coffee and getting something to eat in a cafe. And then by the time you're on your way home, you're glad to get home because you've been out for a couple of years, but a couple a of years, a couple of hours, I should say. But to be <laughs> totally isolated in one place all the time, 24-7, is not good. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, uh, I just hope... That we get a bit of positive news and look, as I said to anyone watching this, we're not trying to be on a negative vibe. We're not being those guys who just talk about lockdown all the time. It's just topical and I wanted well, to talk look, about a it. A lot of people, yeah, I know what you mean. People that have come on and said, why are you still talking about lockdown? You're supposed to be cheering us up. But look, we can't bury our head in the sands. We're, we're just all hoping and, look, uh, uh, hoping and praying that all this will be lifted soon. And once it is lifted, it's going to be a different world. For all of us, we're all going to be in a better frame of mind. Potentially, we'll all be earning money. We won't be desperately looking around, you know, for when, not for when the next meal's coming from, but are we going to pay this bill? Are we going to pay that bill? Things are going to be more relaxed, and that's what that's why we're talking about it today. On the note of paying bills, if you want to pay Frankie's bills, feel free. We're looking for sponsorship for the podcast. If anyone wants to sponsor us, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or on the email, bookingsoffrankieallen.co.uk. And also, Frank, what is the main way you are making money right now and how can people help you out if they want to? Well, look, this is a very strange thing and it seems to be escalating, picking up. Will came up with this idea or it was an agency. I think they're from Sweden. It's called Memo. And what it is, I can record a message to somebody 
on my phone, I say, this is Frankie Allen, happy birthday to so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. And we get paid for doing that. The agency will record it. I think you send it to the agency, then the agency take a percentage, but they send it to the person who requested it, who probably sends it on then to the person whose birthday it is. Now, it started off mainly as birthdays, happy Christmas, happy Easter, but it's kind of developed into this Frankie Allen will roast you. Wait there, let me let me just fill people in a little bit more to make it a little bit clearer. Okay. okay, so basically Memo is a celebrity video messaging app where celebrities will send you personalised video messages depending on whatever message you request. Nice. So let's say you're looking at a message from Harry Redknapp <laughs> no pun intended talking about you being Harry Redknapp's lookalike but Harry Redknapp's on there let's say you're a big West Ham fan you want to message off Harry Redknapp and you want to go on there and say hey Harry it's me mate Steve's birthday on on Friday he's 40 send him happy birthday shout you pay for it Harry Redknapp gets it on his phone he sends it back he sends a lovely personalised message to your mate Steve and everyone's buzzing however Frankie's on there for £15 only or 40 quid if you want it within 24 hours and you are roasting people. The reason why you're roasting people is just that's because what people are after, isn't it? Look, a lot of people who know me anyway and have seen me on a stage, um, they know me for picking on people, savaging people, calling them scruffy, calling them ugly, um, really taking the piss out of people. And um, that's what they want to see. And a lot of not young people, well, I suppose it is really, a lot of younger people. It doesn't not excluding older people in this, but it's mainly younger people and young lads really, who as they're growing up, jockeying for position, you know, in the pecking order with the mates. So they like to take the piss out of the mates. And if they find any material about them, you know, they they they, they love to see it, you know, kind of like on a phone. So I'm going, you know, for instance, I'll say, Billy, Billy Edwards, it's your birthday today, Billy. You're in goal, but you're fucking rubbish. How many times have you got to get the ball lobbed over your fucking head before you try to save it? Try to save it with your fucking big ears. Have you seen the size of your fucking ears? Now, people love it. It might be a little tiny bit cruel to the fellow who's getting it, but hopefully they can see the, you know, the joke and the yeah, funny well, side of it. Funny you should say that because you got a message on your Facebook page yesterday and it was from a guy who said, Frank... We've got we've requested a new a, a number of memos from you over the the last few weeks. They've all been hilarious. Thank you. However, one of my mates bit that badly that he was trying to get me to send a video message back to you. How oh, do you mean he bit that badly? Like you, like his head was exploding off. You probably calling him fat or something. Oh, like he that. didn't like it. No, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why you. That's what, it's this is a thing with comedy. What I try to do, even on the stage. I'm picking on people, and when you're on the stage, you're doing as long as I have, I'm very experienced, you do get a kind of sixth sense when you see people, and you know who will be able to take a joke, you know, who I'll be able to pick on without them getting upset, without them feeling hurt, and without them retaliating as well, you don't need trouble. But if I see someone that looks as though they're a little bit upset, I'll, I will move away from them. And I'm pretty sure I'm speaking for every other comic as well, who has a go at the audience. If you feel as though someone can't handle it and they've got a very low threshold and they're a little bit emotional and they don't like what you've said to them, then I'll move on to somebody else. So, yeah, I didn't know that. But most people, you know, that you savage, 
we, we have things coming through here where fellas say, say this and say that. And we have to, even me as a you know, ruthless comedian as I am, you know, Britain's most feared comedian, picking on people, no holes barred. I'll say anything to insult somebody within reason. Even me and even Will, who's had a lot of experience, don't forget he was a comedian as well, and he's got a very good idea of what's tasteful and what's not tasteful. And he has to rein me in sometimes. Even between the two of us sometimes, we've said on some of the requests, oh, no, look, leave that out. You know, we can't say that. Yeah. Which you can't nowadays. You've got to work within the law. You know, you can't say anything which could be regarded yeah, being, even, you know, don't even discuss it, honestly, yeah. there's no point. But I know what you're getting at. Some of them are inappropriate, we have to Inappropriate, so <laughs> you've got, we've got to try and still make it funny, still try to, um, you know, kind of, what's the word? Kind of be up to the job of what the guys requested. Basically, Go along with want, the spirit of what they've requested. They want savaging and but roasting. some of them go a little bit too far with the requests. Well, you've got to keep it jovial, that's so what you You've got saying. to keep it within the law and within reason <laughs> and within good taste yeah. and not to hurt anyone. Yeah. Completely, you know, you don't you don't really want to kind of like... And I'm sorry to hear that. I did know someone who took it the wrong way, you know. Oh, really, yeah? Oh, don't worry about it. It's yeah. no stress. But ninety nine percent at the end of the day, the reviews we get, people love it. They love being roasted, and you know, people, British comedians and British people generally have sat round of pubs, you know, fire sat round the on stools around the fires and pubs for hundreds of years, taking the piss out of each other, just having a laugh, and there's no harm in it. But as I say, um, you've got to watch what you say. Certainly, and if you do want to video message your Frankie, you can go to memo.me. I think he's the third uh, comedian on there, like if you at the top of the pile. Um, I don't know whether it's ranked, Frank. Maybe you're in third place there. I know you're behind as well. Who is it? Hey, the top two are Angelos of Shooting Stars and Clinton Baptiste. And then you're third. Oh, is he doing well, Clinton Baptiste? Yeah, Clinton does well on it. Basically, yeah. I think it's ranked on who gets the most requests for messages. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, good on him. He's a, he's a great fella. So, yeah, show, what so. Will's just said, let me just reiterate. If anyone's birthday coming up, even if it's not the birthday and you've got a friend who you might think is getting a bit too big for his boots, who might fancy himself as a bit of a ladies' man. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's a woman that you think anybody you feel as though you want to have a bit of a laugh with them, at the same time, you want to bring them down to size a little bit. But to be fair, I agree with that. And that's what the majority of the requests are. But there has been some of late, like, oh, please uh, say, you know, uh, we wish Alison all the best on her new job, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, I can do uh, you all know, that. Somebody's Happy dad's birthday, just passed away and all that. You know, commiserations and yeah. so on. And may they rest in peace, you know, kind of an epilogue for somebody. Read something else. I believe he was a great guy. We can do all that. But a majority of it is, is it's so funny, really, because some of the things that come through, they make me laugh. It takes a lot to get me laughing as a comedian. Some of the things that come through, and uh, people obviously are making things up. You know, they'll go, uh, have a go, Billy Edwards. Uh, and they'll just say something like, um, he went to Benidorm, and while he was playing pool, his bed was on the beach with the waiter and all. It's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they make a lot of it up, but it's funny. Yeah, it is. It is hilarious. What you'll often find is group chats and lads mostly coming in and getting Frank to savage all of the mates. So, look, let's wrap this up uh, last couple of minutes. So I've enjoyed this. It's been great. And don't be sending things in saying, why are you going on about coronavirus? 
no one more than us, you know, wants this everything lifted. And we've got to talk about it. Can't bury our heads in the sand. We're just hoping that this is very good for us. You know, it's very kind of um, therapeutic in a way. It makes us feel good speaking. We've got an audience out there and we're hoping that we've entertained people out there and they feel good about uh, us kind of hopefully putting a positive light on things and being a little bit optimistic. Cool. So the next podcast that goes out will be with the Mind PT Phil Steele. That's going to be an absolute class one for you to look forward to. Me and Frank have got more special guests on the way. And if I can persuade Frankie to turn his back bedroom into a studio, that's just then, not going to happen. Then, then, uh, then it might be okay. But for the time being, he's going to have to be concerned with going up 15 flights of stairs for the next oh. few weeks. <laughs> in the lift it's just a nightmare so I don't know how long I can carry on doing that but I'm going to try cool cool so look massive thank you for everyone who's listened or watched today do give us a five star review if you are on Apple Podcasts I keep asking people still on 14 reviews fucking get the reviews in will you Come on, don't be tight. If you're on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. Comment below, get yourself subscribed. Just hit 12,700 subscribers. Trying to hit 13,000 ASAP. Get yourself subscribed if you're not already. You know the reason why I keep saying this, Frank? Out of the percentage of people that watch the YouTube videos, average YouTube channel, let's say, 40% of the people to 50% of the people are subscribed, yeah? Okay. Our audience, 18%. Okay. You know why? Right. Most people don't have accounts, I don't think. <laughs> you know, because they're just fellas and they're not asked. It's, yeah, I mean, the demographic of it all, it's weird, really. I just know. I could describe, I could paint. If I, I can't paint or draw, and I can't even draw. But if I could, I could draw you a Frankie Allen fan. Oh, what's he look like? What's your typical Frankie Allen fan look like? Uh, a lad of about 27, 28 boy, you know, a man. Yeah. 27, 28, 30, maybe. Um, obviously, we've got millions of fans, so you're going to get people from all walks of life. But basically, a working-class lad who likes his football, likes to drink. A working-class young lad is basically who comes to see me. That's what I think. Perfect. Right. That's all I am, But except I'm not young, but I'm a working-class lad. Right, so we're going to wrap this up now. Massive thank you to everyone who has listened, watched today. Do your thing. Get yourself subscribed if you are sound and you're on YouTube. And we've got loads of special guests coming up. Anything you want to see in future episodes, let us know in the show notes or the script, I don't know, the comments or whatever you do. And uh, yeah, anything to say to the people before we leave? Liverpool are going to win, by the way, today. And I hope I'm right. Whoever wins. And I reckon it's going to be 3 1. I'm not really that interested. But uh, take care of yourselves and uh, also. Make sure you glue to your TV on Monday to see if everything's going to be lifted. Yeah, right. Peace out. Nice one, everyone. See you in a bit. Cheers. See you later. Take care.